look into those mountains I'll hand high to the sky But when her scarlet eyes light up in my life Oh, I just don't know what to say Those mountains high to the sky. But when those scarlet eyes light up in my life, oh, I just don't know what to say. Cause it comes on to me like some sort of disease. Watch out for you if she walks up to you, cause oh, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. CITR 101.9 FM. This is Ink Studs, the radio show about comics. I'm joined today by the charming and talented Mike Meyer. Yeah. It, did I pronounce yeah. it properly? Yeah, Meyer. That's Meyer. it. Um, and we're going to talk about Mike's mini comics. We have Space Jet 1, Space Jet 2, and um, viewer discretion for the title of this one, Filthy London Horrors. It's uh, just after uh, 2 o'clock, about 2.06 right now. Um, if you want to listen to us online, it's at one, uh, citr.ca or 101.9 FM. Um, 
And Mike is on to talk about his comics. He's going to be appearing at the Vancouver Comic Con on, on Sunday. On Sunday, yeah. yes, at Heritage Hall. So, Mike, Space Jet. Yeah. Uh, t- tell me about it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I've always wanted to do comics and I always figured it would be something I'd get around to. And then uh, I just never got around to it ever at all. And then after I got hit by a car and appendicitis and a breakup and everything all in one month, I kind of decided to just uh, actually do things. So I I did a mini comic and got my cell phone and my first credit card and all that kind of stuff all together. Got all done with at once. Sounds like in an odd way you became a man when you started doing comics at the same time. Yeah, it's all uh, very... (laughs) In most situations would be the exact opposite. (laughs) So... I, I've gotten to talk to you a bit, like, because we have a mutual friend, uh, Mr. Mr. B. Mr. Bougie, yes. Yes, we'll, 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 we'll not talk about him today, but <laughs> talking to you, you are a man who's very much into, you're, you're kind of like a culture hound. You seem to really love your music, really love your comics. So that's one of the reasons I want to have you on, is because you really like, you really get into stuff, and you like, you like stuff. You're like, some people do comics, and it's like, they don't seem to have that passion where it's like they don't get excited anymore. Yeah. I and I noticed talking to you, it's like, you know, you just got this new comic. And it's like, oh, my God, it's so good and stuff, <laughs> which is a rare commodity nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, too many people are too wrapped up in superhero crap like that. And, you know, I, I think there's a place for it. But I think everything's done too similar. And uh, and there's just not enough people that, like, I mean, it's getting press now, like in New York Times and everything like that. Like all these wonderful comics like Chris Ware and stuff that are getting done. And But it's just, it seems like it's well past when it should have been noticed. Uh, I don't know. I just get excited about stuff like that. Yeah. All, all the goodness out there. All the goodness. It's too much. Too much for my pocketbook. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> they're getting pricey. The comics don't seem to be very cheap nowadays. No, not at all. <laughs> um... Now, how did you first get into comics? Where you know, I was talking to you a little bit on the trip out here, but let's let's relay this to the listener audience. What what really captured comics for you, and like where you came from, and like uh, I don't know. I had a comic book store back uh, back home in Fort St. John called uh, Encore Books, and uh, I loved listening to like coming in there and checking out all the new comics and everything like that. And uh, it was weird because I hadn't really read anything other than Archie up to that point, and maybe some Uncle Scrooge's, which I still like. And then, uh, and then I just uh, started picking up random superhero comics, but never really read them all the way through. Where I didn't get the bigger story and stuff. And after a while, I ended up just collecting them, just just out of habit, I guess. Were there any superhero ones that stuck out for you? Like, there's a reason you wanted to collect them? Uh, no, not really. Actually, I think the reason that I first started really collecting was actually when Image came around. All of a sudden, Ooh. I know, I know. At the time, though, I loved all the artists that were involved, and uh, even even Rob Liefeld. I'm ashamed to say, but uh, we all have our our, our dark secrets. Yeah, our skeletons in our closet. Yours just happens to <laughs> have a huge neck and no wrist <laughs> and no ankles, uh, and the feet all look like hooves. Yeah, uh, yeah. For those that don't know who Rob Liefeld is. Good. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Well, I do diss a lot of people on the show, but he's horrible. He was like the the total downfall of comics. But that that that's the type of stuff we're not really interested in talking about in any sense. We're we're more interested in the underground vein. So, well, as far as the underground thing came along, uh, much much later, I was like in junior high, and uh, I kind of stumbled on Too Much Coffee Man by Shannon Wheeler, and that was like. Uh, a huge all of a sudden i realized there's kind of like this uh you know do it yourself type of attitude that i could make my own comics if i wanted to it's like black and white this guy just put these out and uh and that was when his stuff before it was being put out by dark horse that was like what it was adhesive press yeah this was adhesive at the time i managed to go to some comic shop in edmonton on a on a, like a family trip or something and i picked up a five pack of a. Uh, of all of the ones, and it came with a little card with a drawing of Too Much Coffee Man and a signature on it. Aww. Yeah, so that was that was my introduction into it, and then after that, like there was the Dark Horse, and there was the color specials and all that kind of stuff, and I got really into that. Also, is partially the whole reason I picked it up, just because I drank a lot of coffee. A lot of time, coffee. So. I noticed your online name. It's uh, uh, Cup of Joe. Cup yeah. of Joe, yeah. yeah. So you're, you're a coffee boy. I noticed you had two cups of coffee while... Beforehand, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a, uh, and then I had a couple more this morning. Yeah, I, I, I make coffee an awful lot. Yeah. <laughs> I used to get teased about it. I'd bring a thermos to school, and then kids would steal it from me and laugh at me. Meanies. Yeah. And now you know what? They're probably all hooked on Starbucks. <laughs> They're probably all like, 
The trend you followers. Know, I'm a leader. Mike was ahead of his time. <laughs> he liked the coffee. <laughs> so you, you enjoyed the Too Much Coffee Man and uh, eventually moved to Vancouver and found oh. the expanded world of comics. Uh, uh, in between that time, I kind of discovered Mike Allred's Madman, and that was my next kind of step into there. And I wrote my first fan letter to him, and uh, and he actually emailed me back and stuff. So that was Aww. cool. Uh, and that was, and then after that, I started realizing that there's all these other comics out there that aren't just uh, that aren't just like superheroes, at least not traditional superheroes. Like there's new approaches to stuff. And uh, then when I moved out here, all of a sudden, it's like a cornucopia of comics, just like every kind that you could ever want. And I got into Chris Ware, and I got into Craig Thompson, and uh, it's like Acme Novelty Library and stuff like that. And then eventually Daniel Klaus and Mr. Klaus, who we're hoping to have on the show next month. On oh. a side note, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm very excited. Um, equally excited to have Mr. Myers here. Um, now, Space Jet, it's a very looking at your stuff. It's a very thick uh, black pen stroke, pretty unique style to it. Um, what what would you say are some of your main influences on your drawing style, and like what kind of process do you go about for storytelling? Uh, I don't know. You know, uh, my. Uh my influences are varied uh, quite a bit. Like uh, John Chris Belusi was an early influence on all my drawings. I used to always want to be an animator, and I went to school for that. That's the Ren and Stimpy guy. Yeah, yeah, and Ripping Friends and uh, George Licker and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then Bruce Tim, of course, after Batman the cartoon came out, was like a massive influence. And since then, it's just been I've just been consuming like every independent stuff I could find. And one of the biggest influences was in film school they introduced me to UPA cartoons the United Productions of America they just did uh, the original Gerald McBoing Boing not the crappy one they do now and uh, let's see uh, Mr. Magoo and then a bunch of uh, short films and they're all really beautifully styled kind of sometimes no lines or sometimes the fills would be like a solid plaid color or something that never shifted its position and stuff like that and Jay Ward from Rocky and Bullwink all this kind of flat styled animation that I loved. I can actually I can kinda of see some Jay Ward yeah. in there in some kind of weird subversive way. <laughs> He's a hero of mine. He's a hero? Yeah. I got all the DVDs of the Rocky and Bullwinkle show and have have they done I thought they just had like the first season. Have they done more or? they have three seasons out right now. Wow. And they get more expensive. The the second season has fifty two episodes on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of Peabody. Yeah, that's a lot of Peabody and Sherman and yeah, everybody. So did you get it did um, the animation aspect of things, was that something that you were really into as a kid? Yeah, that was actually, animation. Uh, animation came before me deciding to do any comics at all, really. And I went to Vancouver Film School for, for animation. Uh, just the 2D hand-drawn classical, not the not the 3D bastardization. And uh, You sound jaded. <laughs> I don't know, I like Pixar stuff. I think that there's, there's pumping crap out and they're shutting down 2D studios and it pisses me off. But... Uh, Plus, I can't get a real good handle on Flash sometimes, and that's really aggravating. So that's where all the animation's going, is doing the computer on a program called Flash. And it, se it seems like the, the certain art is being lost, that you have to know technical stuff instead of just having a smooth hand. Yeah, exactly. Nowadays. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely got its place, and it keeps a lot of work here, so I'm not going to complain about it because that's uh, it's actually really good that more stuff is being made here, and uh, I credit that. I just have my own personal frustrations with it. But well, there's a lot of big studios in town, isn't there? That yeah. do animation. Yeah, there's uh, Studio B and uh, Radical. Radical does the games. Oh, yeah, video games. Yeah, they did the. Uh, what was it called? They did Hulk and Simpsons Road Rage, and uh, I like Simpsons Road Rage. Yeah. Apparently they don't have the the license for that anymore. Some other oh. company's going to do future Simpsons games, but boo. Yeah, not that I play video games much. Video games I find kind of yeah, you know, it's sucked funny. by existence. So. I, I love the I love the art behind video games, but I, I don't think I've actually played a new video game, or at least a video game newer than 1997. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. You, you you know what? You probably have a lot of time you haven't wasted. I have a lot of extra money too. <laughs> uh, yeah. No video games will suck you dry. Yeah. Especially new systems like Thrunder Box and stuff. Um, I don't know. Uh, as for the the thick ink lines, I use the yeah. Faber Castell brush pen. Just uh, I don't know. It's uh, got a lot more control on it. I just uh, yeah. I just that's just the way I draw. It's kind of evolved itself naturally. Now, before doing uh, the first space jet, um, did you have was this your kind of first foray into doing comics, or had you been working on it 
in a sketchbook format for a while, and then... Well, I've done a lot of drawings, but most of the times I've never actually finished any kind of story. Uh, I met Robin Bougie at a con, because uh, I loved Rebecca, his wife's rabbit head comic, and I got them both to draw some pictures in in my thing, and then he offered me to do uh, drawings in Cinema Sewer. Uh, nice guy that he is. And, uh, and so after that, then uh, I, I would do some jam comics with him at his house and stuff, like where I'd do a panel and he'd do a panel and vice versa. And, uh, and that got me into realizing that I, it only took like an afternoon to, to maybe draw like a couple pages of comic if I wanted to. And uh, this is all part of this whole period of time uh, where I mentioned earlier. And, uh, and I just decided to finally put it together because I was already at that point. I started going to BCIT and Emily Carr for a design program for print media. Okay. And uh, and that's really came in handy for the covers, doing Illustrator and Photoshop and stuff like that. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna, I kind of noticed with the uh, first Space Jet comic, um, it is pretty unique. Like the cover um, underling has a kind of looks like wallpaper. Yeah, I, I guess like a kind of Victorian. Yeah, I love that design. I, I would wallpaper all my house in in that stuff if I could. I just love that design. I went looking on the internet for patterns and things like that that I could try and adapt and try and turn into my own. Like you'll see that there's some coffee cups and 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 kind of subtle some breasts, I guess, uh, coming out of all these massive flowery patterns. Oh yeah, no, and stuff I see the like coffee that. cups. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it was just it was really painstaking but really fun kind of thing to do, and I love the look of it. And, was it something you kind of like would do like a corner of and then just kind of mirror it over and over again? Yeah, exactly. I would make kind of a, a block and then an illustrator, you can turn that into a pattern and then it just does it all for you, which in itself still had a lot of bugs to work through. But I'd actually done it for a school project and then just ended up using it <laughs> for the cover anyways. Well, that's one, one thing especially. It's like all the all the stuff you have, um, it all has very strong, unique covers, which I know it's a lot of mini-comics is really lacking. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, like, is it just me, but it seems like the same effort went into the covers as one of the mini-comics, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't because, you know, yeah. covers snap at you. And, and even, like, the space jet kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Chris Ware. Yeah. Some of his fake ads and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, what is that, like, uh, Whoppers? Is that what those are? Uh, those are uh, Maltesers, but it's basically the exact same thing. Yeah, I took the photo of those so I could stick that in the background. The new issue has uh, kind of like a little candy box look to it, or that was the idea. And uh, yeah, my girlfriend gave me that one, so thank you, Leanne. <laughs> Yay, Leanne. <laughs> um, no, it's a really, it is a really nice packaging, and it's not just you know color on the outside; it's color on the inside. Um, where can we find Space Jet Comics? Uh, you can pick it up at RX Comics right now. Uh, at Main and Broadway? Main and Broadway, that's right. Yeah, that's that's my favorite place in the world. <laughs> Any other stores or pretty much just there? That's the only one I ever actually bothered to take it to. I mean, I'll be selling it at the con on Sunday at Heritage Hall. And then, uh, I don't know, I could probably, maybe I could get it at Pulp Fiction or Comic Shop on 4th. I haven't actually tried. Uh, well, you should. Yeah. It's excellent stuff. Thanks. Um, now, you brought some music. Yeah. We brought a lot of music. That's one thing, is you love music, it seems like. I'm obsessed with and music. And you know all this shit I don't know, because I do. <laughs> I read comics, and then I go to school and come in home and read more comics, and then read a textbook. And well, you know Neutral Milk Hotel and, yeah, yeah, and Gravy so Train. <laughs> <laughs> I know you love the Gravy Train. I don't know the Gravy Train. You don't know Gravy Train? I don't know the Gravy Train. Oh, never mind. I guess you don't. <laughs> now... What is the song we're going to play next? Oh, I should mention earlier, we listened to uh, My Project Blue, Control of Me, and that's some local stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I actually, I went to film school with uh, with Jill Southern. She's in the band. She's the backing vocals on there, and I believe the keyboardist. I'm not sure. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, uh, she was in my girlfriend's class, actually, at Vancouver Film School. And uh, it's uh, Chad Blue's project. I guess uh, he's the only one that's in the band that's on tour at the moment, because everyone else has side projects to go to or jobs. But, uh, yeah, they're really good, so you cool. can pick up their EP at Red Cat Records. There we go. Yeah. Red Cat Main and 27th, 28th? Somewhere in there. Yeah. Basically, you just go on Main Street. There's, you know, places here or there. You should actually bring your stuff to Lucky's, too. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. They've, they've been doing indie comics. Yeah, they got a great selection. I find when I go there, though, they're always playing, like, Magic or something, and I, it takes me five minutes to <clears throat> to get to, to... Yeah, I know. ...to buy anything. I know. <laughs> I'm not too happy with that. Shape up. Shape up. 
Shape up or ship out of the comic field. So says Mike Meyer. So what track number am I playing on this? Uh, how about go to four? To four. Okay, let's see. And what what are we going to be listening to? That'll be uh, the Mountain Goats' song, No Children. No Children. Alrighty, here we go. Mountain Goats, No Children, CITR 101.9. goats yeah where are they from i'm not actually sure <laughs> you don't know i don't know i just started getting into them i found them on some music blog and uh and they're excellent it was enjoyable had a little bit of country twang to it yeah yeah they, they all do yeah you like that kind of folk country kind of feel yeah i love that i think they did a merle haggard cover also it was pretty good and uh you know i love folk yeah like bob dylan and stuff got to see him finally last year b to the dylan yes most expensive concert I've ever been to. Wow. How much? $101. Wow. Yeah. Six row center. Nice. You could throw things at him. I could. could but could you understand him from there? Yeah, well, he's. Hey, no. That's right. It's all good. Good, good. <laughs> okay. Um, I got some announcements to make. CITR 101.9 FM, Ink Studs, the radio show about comics. Today I'm joined by Mr. Mike Meyer. That was Mountain Goats with the song... No Children. No Children. That's like my life anthem. <laughs> I don't like kids. I have a cat. That's enough. Um, next week on Ink Studs, I'm very pleased and happy to announce that we will be joined by Rebecca Dart, who we mentioned earlier, did the comic called Rabbit Head. Rebecca was nominated last year for an Ignatz Award for Best New Talent. Talent, um, And went to the guy that did Owly because everyone likes cute stuff. Boo. <laughs> Rebecca was far more deserving. Rabbit Head is one of the most original comics I have ever read. And that's saying a lot. Um, really complex storytelling with no words. Yeah, it's uh, it's the first comic I've ever done fan art for. <laughs> Sent that wow, that's and you know it's it's worth it. I strongly recommend checking out Rabbit Head. It's uh, released by Alternative Comics, um, 
And uh, I think it's at most comic stores. I know RX has it. I'm pretty sure Lucky Lucky's has it. I think I've even seen it at Golden Age downtown of all places. Maybe Golden Age has it. Um, don't hold your breath. I don't really like <laughs> going to Golden Age. Elfs are. I don't think they'll have it because I don't know. Eh. I don't get a good vibe. I don't know. The guy there is really nice. He, he's yeah. very, he's very in-your-face salesman, but he's a nice guy. So. Yeah. Book Emporium will have it. Yeah, they'll have it. Um, Saturday night, Saturday, 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 is the Vancouver uh, Comic Jam. Is that the name? What do we call it? Uh, I guess it's the Vancouver Comic Jam. Yeah. It's the put on by the Crown Commission boys, um, namely Ed Brisson, kind of organizes it all. Yeah. And what they do. Is they meet the Jolly Alderman at about eight o'clock, on May twelfth. Can be in twelfth. Can be in twelfth. Everything's made today. Yeah, everything. My life is Main Street, man. Um, and yeah, everyone just gets together and draws comics. If you feel like joining, yeah. you should go and draw comics. Basically, they just pass around pages, and it's just a jam comic. And if you've never seen a jam comic before, um, they're neat. It's a pretty unique storytelling method. It's kind of like. You know when you're a kid and you sit around a circle and play that game where you kind of like everyone adds a word to the story? Yeah, I think of it more of as a drinking game now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that with drawings. Yeah. Draw rings. So it, go check out that. On Sunday at the Vancouver Comic Con, um, Mr. Mike Meyer will be there to sign everyone's autographs and be champion <laughs> of many. Meet the rare appearance of Mike Meyer. And you'll probably be at the Comic Jam too, won't you? Uh, I think so, yeah. And also at the um, Comic-Con will be Mr. Robin Bougie. Yeah. Mr. Ed Brisson. Yeah. Um, Mr. Jay Farber, Farber, who does Noble Causes. He is the featured guest. Also in attendance will be Ian Boothby, the uh, acclaimed our, our, uh, well writer-artist of the old zine iBot. Or I? Was it I? I think it was I. I'm not sure. I. It was good. I liked it. And now he writes Simpsons comics. Yeah, I know his name from that. <laughs> He's living large. Um, and uh, Peter Guerrero will also be in attendance, who why is... Why the Last Man. Why the Last Man. You like the Why the Last Man? I love Why the Last Man. I love Why the Last I'm Man. I'm a little behind, but that's A little good. behind? I heard that it's going to ha- end at a certain point. Like, it's only going to go to, like, 60 issues or something. Yeah, yeah. I read that just the other day. It was, it's kind of sad, but I like finite stories once they've kind of wrapped everything up. It's one of those stories where you can only go so far with it, too. Yeah, exactly. So... I don't know. Maybe you can go far with it. Basically, why last man is this guy York wakes up and every guy on the planet's died, except so, him and his monkey. Him and his male monkey York, and what's his ampersand? Ampersand. Yeah, it's it's an interesting comic. Uh, it's pretty good. I've got the first book. I haven't gotten the rest. I will eventually. <laughs> There's so much stuff out there to get. Um, but drawn by local uh, talent, Pia Guerrera. She's excellent, excellent stuff. Really recommend checking it out. Um, it's also good to support local stuff. I think there could be some other local guys, too, at the con. The uh, Raider friends will be there who've been on here before, and they produce some of my favorite local minis. Yeah, they're excellent. I love their comics. It's it, They're brilliant. Five young ladies, and it's just, like, excellent. Really blows me away. Um, yeah, I could look online see who else is going to be there, but Why if bother? I can't remember you, <laughs> you don't matter. No, no, I don't mean that. Everyone matters. Um, and next month, I'm very, very excited. Uh, I've uh, hooked up with Mr. Eric Reynolds at Fanographics, and he's hooking the ink sets up with a fair amount of uh, interesting interviews. So we'll be talking to Mr. Dan Klaus at some point, Los Bros Hernandez, um, Pete Bag, um, Linda Medley, um, pretty much the majority of the people in the MoMA anthologies. If you haven't read the MoMA anthologies, get them they're excellent yeah they're uh some of my favorite stuff coming out right now aces aces yeah it's aces snap word <laughs> so what what kind of stuff is uh keeping you going in comics right now mr mike meyer the, the comics i'm reading right now I guess? what's what's really stand out for you that like kind of like are there comics that charge you to kind of go yeah i want to do more comics uh yeah, every once in a while, especially like whenever Chris Ware comes out with an Acme novelty library, only every three years. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I love those. Those always get me really excited whenever Craig Thompson does something like Kellner the Voyage or Blankets and stuff. And uh, Did you like uh, Chunky Rice or whatever it was? Yeah, I love Goodbye Chunky Rice. Goodbye Chunky That's Rice. Brilliant. Anything by Grant Morrison always gets me excited, even though it's uh, like he's been doing a lot of superhero stuff lately, but he does it in such a way that it's not repetitive at all. He takes it somewhere new. Uh, I love his comics. Yeah, and you know what? It makes me happy hearing that because everyone I do the show with, they don't read any... Uh, I don't read very many superheroes, but I read everything Grant Morrison does. Yeah. So having someone else around who who appreciates Grant Morrison, best writer, best comic writer. Yeah, Alan Moore, he's been lacking lately. Yeah, you know he's been good, but he's been phoning it in. <laughs> <laughs> From Nottingham. Yes, uh, I'm not sure. I think. Oh, he's not Nottingham. This is Robin Hood. Uh, I have no idea where he is, but yeah, he basically lives in one little small town his whole life. He's a hermit, anyways. Yeah. I think he's given up on comics. Yeah. Well, uh, he's doing a, a third volume of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, Which will have a 3D part to it. Really? Yeah. Weird. That's crazy. It's going to be good. Yeah. It oh. should be coming out in the summer. And he took his name off V for Vendetta, even though David Lloyd loves it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I should mention that tomorrow, you know, yet another comic book movie's coming out, V for Vendetta, um, playing at theaters everywhere featuring Natalie Portman. Uh, who's famously known for that great Sonnet Live sketch. <laughs> Did you see the Sonnet Live sketch, Mike? Is that a rap? Yeah. Yes, I saw the rap. So good. That was hilarious. We love you, Natalie. I want to beep you, too. <laughs> it's so good. And there's even some V for Vendetta stuff in the background. V for Vendetta was one of my favorite all-time uh, graphic novels. Like, I first read it when I was probably, like, 16, and I was just like, holy fuck. <laughs> well, I guess I shouldn't swear on air. Uh, viewer <laughs> discretion is advised. Um... But it, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not going to hold my expectations too high um, because it isn't by Alan Moore. It's by the Matrix guys. You know, sorry, I'm not a Matrix fan. Well, it's by James McTeague if you want to get technical. They're just sticking their name all over it. Well, isn't he like the assistant director to them? Like, <laughs> yeah, on to the, the Matrix, uh, yeah. You know, so like, is that something really to be proud of? <laughs> well, it's gotten them this far. Yeah, no, they've done well with it. Uh, it speaks to, to the sci-fi, you know, crowd, the paranoid, <laughs> I don't know what the best way to put it, you know. But, you know, if you like The Matrix, read a Philip K. Dick book, you'll do yourself a favor. <laughs> it's kind of darkly, but don't watch the movie, it's kind of darkly and kind of... Oh, that thing looks awesome. I love Richard Linklater. He's going to be doing a good job. Waking I, I Life like, style on that I kind didn't of story. like The Waking Life. You didn't like Waking Life. That got me seasick. The oh. movie got me seasick. That is such a great movie. Just an entire, like, two hours talking about dreams with animation over top of live action in a non-awful rotoscoping-looking way for the most part. I don't know. It was great. Rotoscoping. Rotoscoping. Now, when we're on the break, we were talking, looking at your uh, recent issue of Space Jet, the uh, candy bar issue. Let's call, let's call it the candy bar issue. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, the Maltesers. <laughs> um, and you were point telling me about your character on here. This little, uh, it's black and white in here. Peck the Bird. Yeah. Tell little... me about the story behind Peck the Bird. Uh, Peck the Bird, he's, uh, is black and white, so just in case you read it, he's blue and orange. Uh, anyways, he looks kind of like Tweety, so I have to make that distinction. People seem to think he's yellow when he's in black and white just because of the big head. Uh, yeah, this is a, a big deal for me because I haven't owned him for five years. I sold, he was in my student film, and I sold the rights to film Roman, uh, back, way back five years ago. And so just this January, the rights reverted back to me, so this is the first time I've been legally allowed to make any money off of him. Nice. So so I got excited and drew a, drew a story for him. And it, it's a pretty neat-looking story. Um, what what made the format of this, it's very, like, comic strippy, like newspaper comic strippy. What drove you into kind of doing that format? Because I look online, and you have a lot of these strips... I shouldn't say have them online so people look online. <laughs> but you have these these, these strips, um, and they're come they're in a different format, um, and you've kind of done the ice harvest thing. Yeah, yeah, I've done the totally, or <laughs> I've done the the total strip thing instead of from the full page. But a lot of them started off as strips, and I just wanted to try something new because the other two books I did were just pretty much standard, you know, like five and a half by. I don't know, eight or something. Yeah. Uh, the fold-over paper. The fold-over paper and everything like that. So I wanted to try something that was a little new and maybe get a little more mileage out of my sheet of paper. So I, I you know, uh, stuck on a couple. They're three by five and a half, I think, 
Or now, just short of. Yeah. Is the weight on it the actual weight? You know what? I didn't... It wasn't made until today, so I don't know. <laughs> it's an approximation. <laughs> um, I think that's actually the weight of a milk duds. <laughs> that That is funny. Um, now, how much are these these little puppies? Uh, Space Jet number one, it's just 32 pages, but it's very large. It is uh, $4. Filthy London Whores is $2. It's a 12-page. And the 52-page Space Jet number two is three dollars that you know what that's pretty decent price because i spent a lot more on that than that on uh what was it you like mike Elward. so you read that steve mike siegel Elward. mike Elward vertical line things yeah and that was Philip the bond that was right at the time that i stopped buying mike Elward stuff uh i still love his stuff i just uh I, I was running out of money and something had to be cut are you collecting the stuff he's doing now? The golden plates? <laughs> I got the first one, actually. You, you know, actually bought the... You're the I first the person first I've met that bought the Mormon book. Yeah, well, you know, I, I got a friend that's Mormon, and he never pushed it in my face. And I don't know. I, I was interested, and I liked it. It's some of the best art that he's done in a long time, but I just am not into the preachy Mormon type of thing, so... I lost a lot of interest in him. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you get that solo he did? Yes, yes. His solo okay. was excellent. Yeah. And that was more back to the classic. Yeah. Classic Alred. Yeah. You know, the fine stuff. The giant party time with superheroes. Like, yeah. Completely cheesy 60s style. I, I, I did quite enjoy the X-Force and Ecstatics he did with uh, Peter Milligan. Yeah, that was great. I thought after Ecstatics, like after they killed you, go girl, though. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it came it all kinda, three years ago. Yeah, it kind of fell apart there. So uh, after that, it wasn't as good, but some they had its moments. Have you been reading the new Ecstatics miniseries? No, again, that's a... Uh, it's, cut because of my budget <laughs> what what is uh you know budget speaking what what's the, the must-haves for mike meyer on a regular basis you know sometimes it changes just based on whatever like i picked up uh this hardcover book it's only one panel per page and really i shouldn't have bought it just because of how is much it jordan it crane no it was like jordan crane's uh thing it's, it's sammy harkham i think it's called the poor sailor yeah i looked at it but i saw that and i had to have it even though it was like totally uh it took you two minutes to read and literally uh but i love it now and uh and i picked up his following his new ongoing cricket which is excellent also again doesn't take a long time to read but i like his style and his stories are really kind of melancholy but nice and... as you do more mini comics are you finding your tastes have changed in different uh, stuff, and it's kind of stuff that's like reflecting of where you're trying to go with your comics. I think I'm getting pickier when I buy other people's mini comics, you know, because I spend so much time on the covers and everything like that. And I, one of my biggest pet peeves ever is when people just slap in all the paper, they fold it over, staple it, and hand it out, and you've got all these middle pages that are just like hanging out there, like I don't, you know, it just looks awful. And it, it takes two seconds and a box cutter to trim that. Yeah, I was gonna say I noticed you actually do a, a flush cut. Yeah, well, as flush books. as I can. I have a crooked ruler. <laughs> but still, a lot of people don't do, um, when they do that kind of, you know, like a big zine, mini-comic style, especially like 52 pages, you're going to see the middle pages popping out. Yeah, they were popping out quite a lot. And you have to account for that, too, when you're laying it out to make sure that you're not cutting off the sides of strips in the middle pages yeah. there. So it's actually quite an art to get to that, because I remember working on one project... And you, you'd have to, like, measure, like, because you get closer to the middle to make sure that it's the same from the inside. Yeah. But not from the out. So it's... Yeah, exactly. But it's quite a headache, too. Like, basically, whatever I'm making on these comics is maybe a quarter, I think, after <laughs> after all the cost and, uh, like, no nothing for all the time that takes. Well, I gotta say, that is, like, pretty decent price. Like, three, three, and two, was it? Three, four, and two. Three, yeah. four, and two. Sorry. Three, four... Four three two. Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as like the quality, it, it is you do use like a good heavy stock. Yeah, use the cardstock paper for the covers. Yeah, but, but like the inside paper too, it's not like you know like the photocopy paper, like the printer paper I have on my printer right now. Yeah, I get really picky because uh, I love the twenty four pound, hundred ten percent white. If I can get it, uh, you know, hundred will do. But uh, I get really picky about my paper. I just think that it it's all about presentation. It looks a lot more professional. Uh, you know, I sent uh, I sent off Filthy London Tours and Space Jet Number One to Top Shelf because they're like my favorite publisher, and I was hoping to get published by them. But actually, I got a reply right away. Like uh, they don't want it, <laughs> but they're really nice about it. They they replied to me within a week and uh, said that the cover to Space Jet was uh, one of the best covers that he'd seen all year anywhere. So so look for it. And 
It is a nice cover. Yeah, it's you. regal. Yes, it's very regal. I love, like I say, like the same with the the patterns that I use, the kind of thing, the wallpaper type of style. I love like coat of arms and things like that, and uh, so that's that's what to look for. It's a it's a nice package. Um, I think we're gonna play another song. Yeah, sure. And uh, what is the song we're gonna play now? Uh, it's track five. Was, uh, yep, track okay. five. Okay, <laughs> banging stuff here. Go. It, it's a uh, Hello Hammerheads by Caribou. Okay, here we go. just ends <laughs> it just ends CITR 101.9 FM this is Ink Studs the radio show about comics where we sit and talk about comics I'm joined today by my guest Mr. Mike Meyer uh, we were just listening to Caribou with the song Hello Hammerheads and Caribou um, is the new project by the man behind Manitoba yes CanCon, <laughs> uh, Manitoba. I've got the first two albums. Uh, first one I really like, like really, like really crunchy, kind of Aphex Twinny, Eamon Tobiny sound, and then the second one's kind of psych rock out to that. But that was okay. Yeah, it, it's not like the stuff I know. It's okay. <laughs> he's gotten a lot mellower in his new album. What's it with people getting older and getting mellower? I don't know. I have nothing problem with it. It sounds good. Where's the rock? <laughs> Just bring it out. Let's play. Um. So Mike Meyer is going to be at the comic convention on Sunday. Yes. At Heritage Hall, it's from 11 till 5 p.m. The Heritage Hall is at 15th and Main. Um, just go in, spend the three bucks, buy a bunch of crazy quarterbin comics, and then go buy a lot of mini comics from all the sorts of talented people there. I will be there at some point, struggling my way through and then leaving very quickly because I don't want to spend too much money. <laughs> There's all sorts of crazy fucking bargain bins you're going to find in there. Yeah, I never even buy the back issues anymore. There's nothing really to buy. I don't really like the stuff that... Whatever I want to find is not... You never know, though. Well, actually, yeah, Pulp Fiction, just the other day on Maine, I uh, found a comic I've been looking for for four years, but you're going to hate it because it's Paul Pope. I've managed to get Escapo, which is uh, 
Paul Pope's like a hero of mine. Everything that he ever does, I just get excited and buy up. But... Yeah, not picking the Paul Pope. Are you enjoying his new uh, Batman 100? I am, actually. I think I... next week is the new issue. No, no, it just came out. Oh, it came out? Yeah. Oh, it's in my box. <laughs> <laughs> we were just at the comic store. Yeah. Oh, uh, it looks wait. like you're going to have to go back on your way home. Oh, no. I'm, I've got no money, literally. So. Yeah, it's like a $10 thing, too, isn't it? Oh, it's 8 and then, you know, if you got a box, it's a discount. So it's, yeah. it's a pretty decent price. RX Comics does give discounts to subscribers. Yes. <laughs> you're welcome, Aaron. Give me free comics now. And I'm sure other comic stores also give subscriber deals. Um, not Golden Age. Not Golden Age. Went Don't. there for like three years, every single solitary week, blowing 40 bucks a time and nothing. They're mean. No love. No love from Golden Age. Huh. My uh, girlfriend went in there uh, asking if they had toys by that guy that did Black Hole. And first off, they didn't know. It took them a while to remember what Black Hole was. <laughs> and she couldn't remember the name. But they couldn't remember the name of the guy either. And then they said, well, he doesn't do toys. Well, it's a good thing she didn't find the toys, because I have all his toys. But uh, it's Charles Burns, and yes, he does toys. I did not know that he does toys. They're little toys, toys like little... Uh, little tiny little, vinyl figurines type yeah, of thing? Yeah, little itty-bitty ones, like five bucks each. Yeah, there's a place on Main called like Voltage or something, and all of a sudden they got like Dave Cooper vinyl toys and Gary Baseman and stuff, just all the stuff I love. Yeah, it's great. Money. Yeah, it's expensive. And you know what? If you have a lot of that in your house, you're suddenly going to feel a lot younger in a bad way. <laughs> it's not like, check out my cool toys, like... I just spent 40 bucks on this thing because it's a Japanese variant. <laughs> Actually, sorry, 40 bucks is an understatement of an amount. Some of that stuff goes for like 200 bucks for this like blocky toy. I don't know. Toys are a sensitive subject with me because I think it's just a market that's just way too brutal. It's just so overpriced and it's just, what are you going to do with it? Yeah, well, it sits on a shelf. It yeah. looks pretty. <laughs> it looks pretty. Never going to read it. <laughs> That's why I got the Charles Burns toys because they're like five bucks, That's and it's a good like price, you know, and they're just cute little things, and they come with a little three-panel comic strip. Oh, and you know how often Charles Burns comes out with a comic? Uh, never. I lo I just finally, yeah, I had never read Black Hole. I'd always wanted to since I first moved here and saw it, but I realized they were ten dollars an issue. I figured I'd pick up the trade. I had no idea that it had taken him ten years to actually do all of Black Hole, so. I finally got the hardcover just for just a few months ago, I guess. And you know what? It was worth every penny. Every freaking penny. It was only 35 bucks. If you bought the issues by themselves, you'd have spent hundreds of dollars. <laughs> it's a great book. I love it. Yes. Um, Black Hole is up there in my top favorites. It was a, a pick last year or so, something that had come out mm -hmm. and that people should pick up because the book finally came out. Um, and pretty soon, I think, in this show, we'll probably do a review show because... We've been doing nothing but interviews lately. I don't know if you've been listening, Mr. Meyer, uh, but we've been doing interviews. We've done interviews with Neil Adams, one of my personal childhood faves. Mm. Did uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow. We did Bob Fingerman, Mary Fleener. Love Bob Fingerman. Bob stuff. Fingerman, yeah. He has a new book coming out in the fall with uh, children fighting zombies in an elementary school in the 70s. That sounds right up my alley. Recess Pieces. <laughs> it looks awesome. That's the best title ever. It is. And he has some pictures of it in his live journal, and it's awesome. It's like, I think it's going to be his best thing so far. That's especially after waiting for years for an finished minimum wage. Yeah. Um, but I'd just like to make a note that thanks to the people, the wonderful people at Crown Commission, uh, Ed Brisson and Brian Fukushima, they are going to help the Ink Studs host old episodes and future episodes so as we do all these wonderful interviews you'll be able to download it and listen and if you want more information about ink studs i know i'm totally just talking about myself right now okay. <laughs> uh go to live journal or inkstuds.livejournal.com and i have a live journal i try and update it every week but i'm horrible i'm really horrible i'm really lazy um but it's good stuff <laughs> i like to you know i like to like to whore myself out Oh, for your listener discretion is advised. Um, ten minutes left. So, Mike. Yes. What else have you been reading lately? Uh, I don't know. It's been very. I've been. Uh, let's, love... let's educate the the listeners because we really haven't been telling people what's good to read. All right. You are, you know, you're a comic guy. You love your comics. I want to know what 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 else you been getting into. We got the Paul Pope new Batman 100. I love I love hundred bullets. I've been buying the trades though, just because it's a I, lot cheaper. It's a lot cheaper, but actually in that case, it's mostly just because it ends so well every time that I can't wait to read the next one. So I have to read the chunks, otherwise I'll go nuts. Uh, Eduardo Riso and Brian Azarell, they're awesome. And I've been reading 
seen uh, Riso's uh, Chicanos just coming up from IDW right now. Oh yeah, they're republishing that in English for the first time. I don't, you know, I l- really like Riso's uh, Hundred Bullets. I like the other thing, the Johnny Double that he did. Yeah, Johnny Double, and that great. one issue of uh, Spider-Man Tangled Web that he did with I think it was Ruka. I haven't actually seen that one. Oh, it's awesome! It's oh, just one issue. I gotta get with that. Uh, Kingpin. Um, I strongly recommend picking it up. Um, but other than that, I just haven't gotten into his stuff. I really like that stuff, but this stuff, I just it doesn't read as well. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, a lot of it is just very much from the Chicano's point of view, kind of like where everything is almost comedically racist against them, and uh, and lead character, she's like uh, a private detective, and people think that she's like a delivery person or a maid or whatever, just because of the stereotype in America of uh, Latino of Latinos being like. Uh, <laughs> Beans in servant positions or whatever, so uh, it's got a lot of that to almost a, an extreme amount, but uh, <laughs> but it's been great. I love it, and uh, the art's amazing. The story's really well done, and uh, it's just kind of it's a lot lighter than Hundred Bullets. Uh, now Hundred Bullets is pretty heavy. It's uh, kind of a conspiracy, crime, noir. I don't know, epic. It's going to be 100 issues total. Yeah, it's on issue 70 now, I think. Yeah. I I haven't picked it up, any of the trades up, since, like, around issue 40 or something, but... Oh, you're I missing need, some of the best I know. Stuff. I need to get back into it. Like yeah. I said, too many comics. Yeah. That's why I'm looking forward to getting more stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Too I'm much stuff. Buying so much uh, just randomly independent things lately. I'm trying to even remember titles now. Uh... <laughs> Come on. Uh, can have you been reading Grant Morrison's Seven Soldiers of Victory? Yes, I have. I'm behind, actually, though. But I finished the first wave of uh, of the miniseries. Now he's on the second one, uh, the f- next three ones. But, yeah, I read, like, Zatanna and uh, Guardian, and I think Clarion was actually probably my favorite. Clarion was pretty good. Yeah. Guardian was kind of lacking. Zatanna was awesome. I could forgive any lacking in Guardian because of Cameron Stewart's art. You're a big fan of the Stewart? I love Cameron Stewart's art, yeah. He's good stuff. Canadian. Support Canadian. Yeah. Buy Canadian, we should say. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, Toronto, man. We're we're Vancouver kids. We love love this stuff in Vancouver. Yeah. So, Space Jet 1, 2, and Filthy Filthy London London Horse, all three of these will be available at the comic convention on Sunday? Yes, yes. Uh... Yeah, Space Jet number one is four dollars. Filthy London Horrors two dollars. Space Jet number two is three dollars. Snap! So I strongly recommend everyone coming down to the comic convention, checking it out. Um, there, like I said, there's gonna be a lot of other good people, and uh, Robin Bouge will be there, who uh, is one of our personal faves here. Um, Ed Brisson. I think uh, Fred Grissom will be there too, <laughs> selling off some hate songs. Hell, hate song is awesome. Hate yeah. song is one of my favorite little minis right now. It's online at hatesong.com. Um, and the reason he came up with the name from hate song, I forget, but he read it. <laughs> he needed to, wanted to find something that had a website available. Ah, there you go. Hate song was available. <laughs> so it's from some band he really likes. Um, a special thanks to Robin for sharing this table at the con for me. I was unable to actually get one this time. And uh, and he, him and Ed are kind enough to let me scoot in on their space. And you're not even one of the Crown Commissioners? No, not at all. You're not a commission? No. <laughs> are you going to be on one of their rap albums one day? Uh, you know, I got one. I don't know if I want to be on <laughs> I love their stuff, but at the same time, I can't rap for crap. Not that they Oh, can, snap! But... I, I think I heard something there. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. That's that's the extent of my talent. Well, I've heard weather-wise, so I think you'll be okay. <laughs> oh, so um, we have one last song to play. Um, what was it you wanted to listen to? Uh, that- the Skin of My Yellow Country Teeth by Clap Your Hands, Say Yeah. And it was track 20 on it? 20, yeah. Track 20. Okay, up next we have the fine young gentlemen that do Rhymes and Reasons. They got some hippity hop and some records. You know, that vinyl thing. I'm all digital now. But thank you very much for coming down, Mr. Mike Meyer. And next week, Rebecca Dart. And followed by that, by I think the week after that, I'll have an interview with this guy that did this book called uh, The Robot Uprising, or How to Survive a Robot Uprising. And I'm going to interview him next week, so I'll have the interview for that on the week after next. Um, It's a pretty funny book. I really recommend checking it out. And then after that, we're going to have some really good uh, interviews next month. Thanks, studs. CHR 101.9 FM, almost three, five to three.
A-D-N-K.